a self-assessment tool to gauge the effectiveness of enterprises' cybersecurity initiatives and questioning whether Hillary Clinton's and Donald Trump's medical records are secure. These stories and more coming up in the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We start off today's report looking at a new self-assessment tool from the National Institute of Standards and Technology. The tool is known as the Baldrige Cybersecurity Excellence Builder, and it's designed to help organizations gauge the effectiveness of their cybersecurity risk management initiatives. The tool is a year in the making and combines the efforts of this Applied Cybersecurity Division, the White House Office of Management and Budget, and the Baldrige Performance Excellence Program. The Baldrige Performance Excellence Program is another NIST unit known for the annual Malcolm Baldrige National Quality Award. That award recognizes U.S. organizations that demonstrate performance excellence involving product services and customer quality. The tool is intended to help organizations ensure that their cybersecurity systems and processes support the enterprise's larger organizational activities and functions. The director of the Baldrige Performance Excellence Program is Robert Fangmeyer. These decisions around cybersecurity are going to impact your organization and what it does and how it does it. If your cybersecurity operations and your cybersecurity approaches aren't integrated into your larger strategy, aren't integrated into your workforce development efforts, aren't integrated into the results and things that you track for your organization and its overall performance, then they're not likely to be effective. Organizations employing the tool should be able to identify cybersecurity-related activities that are crucial to business strategy and the delivery of critical services, as well as prioritize investments in managing cybersecurity risk. The tool is designed to help enterprises assess the effectiveness and efficiency in using cybersecurity standards, guidelines, and practices. The tool can be adapted to meet the specific needs of an organization. Fangmeyer says the Builder tool should help organizations assess the effectiveness of the implementation of this cybersecurity framework and other programs aimed at securing critical IT. As it relates to this tool, it's really about ensuring that organizations are adopting and implementing cybersecurity tools and systems that are not only just there so they have a robust set of tools and systems, but those tools and systems are working effectively for the organization and helping the organization achieve its larger goals and mission. It's beyond just the sort of robustness of their cybersecurity system in and of itself, but does that system align well with what the organization is doing? Is it being used and considered strategically with the organization from the leadership through their strategy, organizational strategy, not just cyber strategy? Is the workforce appropriately utilizing and supporting those systems? It's more of an organization-wide strategic assessment of how well are your cybersecurity systems and processes working for your organization. NIST issued the self-assessment tool as a draft and seeks comments from stakeholders by December 15th before publishing a final version. Talk about presidential candidates Hillary Clinton's and Donald Trump's health raises the question of how secure are their medical records. After all, a breach earlier this month of the World Anti-Doping Agency exposed drug testing results of some Olympic athletes. To discuss the security of medical records of the rich and famous and politically connected, I'm joined by Health Info Security Executive Editor Marianne Kolbasak-McGee. Hey, Marianne. Hey, Eric. Are Clinton's and Trump's medical records at jeopardy of being exposed? 
Well, a lot of it depends on whether or not their records are digitized, if they're on paper. But if an organization is holding on to that data and if they're not protecting it in a way that secure, yeah, indeed they could be exposed. An attack like that is politically motivated or even if it's an insider who's curious about these records, they indeed could be a, a target for a breach. Sean Curran, a consultant at West Monroe Partners, discusses this. But if an individual has the desire whether it's politically motivated or whether it's financially motivated, it's going to be very difficult to stop that type of attack, especially if they already have privileged access to the information. Often it's the smaller organizations that hold on to this sort of sensitive patient information, small doctor offices, clinics, and it's those smaller organizations that are not prepared to protect this sort of information, whether it's from insiders or hackers. We saw very large-scale organizations both government as well as non-government organizations hacked over the last few years. It stands to reason that if they're spending 3, 5, 10% of their budget on security in comparison to an organization that doesn't generate anywhere near that sort of revenue, they're going to be more likely to be at risk. What lessons have been learned from the World Anti-Doping Agency breach? The bottom line here is that you never know who's holding sensitive information that could be of interest to someone else, whether it's an insider or a hacker, which also emphasizes the reason that all organizations need to be very careful about the information that they hold and to protect it. Here's Karen. It's not to believe that you're immune to the attacks. To understand that whatever information you have has some level of value typically. There are components of the data I collect or the IT systems I run today that has value and it's placing enough emphasis on that fact and not looking at it with the closed view that says I'm not at risk. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Bank Info Security Executive Editor Tracy Kitten at last week's ISMG Fraud and Data Breach Summit in Toronto moderated a panel on effectively working with law enforcement and regulators. After the session, Tracy asked the panelists about the state of sophistication of law enforcement in investigating cyber crimes. First to respond was Kenrick Bagnall. He works on the Computer Cyber Crime Intelligence Services team at the Toronto Police Service. The members of our unit that are investigating cyber crime are not only sworn police officers, but we are also individuals that have technology backgrounds. We've worked at high levels within the private sector in information technology roles. We hold industry certifications and also are trained in law enforcement in terms of investigations, case management, etc. It's a challenge to always stay on top in terms of having the latest tools and techniques and technology to work with, and that always comes down to financial resources generally. But as far as the sophistication of the resources that are working in, in the department, they are good. I think the public and private sector out there needs to know how good they are so that they can engage us more, but we're constantly challenged to, to stay on top of the curve because it's a technology space. Imran, I'm going to come to you. That's Imran Ahmad. Coming at it from the private sector, you're a cybersecurity attorney and you know you focus on a lot of this and you probably work with law enforcement quite a bit. Do you see law enforcement being educated enough about cybercrime? I'll say that having worked with Kenrick in the past, his department really does stand out and, and so do some of the large metropolitan areas like Montreal and Vancouver. They probably have a lot of capacity as well. That being said, a lot of our clients are national, so they're across the country. And when you go outside of the sort of larger metropolitan areas, it's a bit of a mixed bag and you don't necessarily have the level of sophistication and knowledge to deal 
deal with complex cyber crimes that are occurring. In those cases, what we advise our clients to do if they have the means and the, and the desire to do so is to really help law enforcement. So th when they're doing their internal investigation, especially on the technical side, is to prepare the materials and the evidence in a way that will be helpful to law enforcement because they may not have necessarily either the resources or the detailed technical know-how, and it may just you know shorten the time period for them to be engaged in a, in a real meaningful way. John Wall, you are working with KPMG, but you actually do come from the financial services side of the house. You've worked quite a few fraud investigations on your own. Do you see the sophistication of law enforcement in improving when it comes to breach investigations and fraud investigations? Yeah, I think from you know, the U.S. perspective, absolutely. I think specifically around the financial services space, I think there was a lot of learning about how the, the banking payments systems works, especially like ACH and WIRE. I think you see more and more folks going into those organizations, you know, whether it be the Secret Service or the, the FBI, they have the technical background, but then they, they learn the investigative skills. And I know from a priority perspective, cyber and all things cyber, right, it's, it's number three on the FBI's uh, list of priorities. And uh, before Director Mueller retired, he testified before Congress that he thought in the not too distant future it would be number one. So that just kind of shows you the level, I think, the, the skill gap that exists as a whole within our industry affects the, uh, the law enforcement folks as well. To hear Tracy's entire interview with these three experts, as well as Co-op Financial Services' John Bazard, go to bankinfosecurity.com. Finally, the FBI in a public service announcement is asking ransomware victims to come forward. In his blog, Data Breach Today executive editor Matt Schwartz writes that getting victims to report ransomware incidents would help federal law enforcement to gain a more comprehensive view of the threat and its impact on U.S. victims. While anecdotal reports of crypto locking attacks abound, the FBI says it needs more precise information about the attackers to help it pursue, disrupt, and potentially arrest suspects. Even if law enforcement agencies cannot act on every criminal report they receive, Schwartz says that having victims come forward gives law enforcement a clearer picture of attackers' techniques, helps them gauge the scale of the problem, as well as amass intelligence on cyber crimes. That's the ISMG's Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.